Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, and welcome to Taranga Gold's conference call for the first quarter ended March 31st, 2020. As a reminder, this call is being recorded. Your host for today is Trish Moran, Vice President, Investor Relations and Corporate Communications. Ms. Moran, please go ahead. Thank you, Carol, and good morning, everyone. Before we get started, I ask that you view slide two of our presentation for our cautionary language regarding forward-looking statements and the risk factors pertaining to these statements. Our slide deck is available on our website, tarangagold.com. With us on today's conference call is Richard Young, Taranga's President and CEO, Paul Chowran, our Chief Operating Officer, and Navin Dial, our CFO. Following management's formal remarks, we will open the call to your questions. And now over to Richard. Well, thank you, Trish, and welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us today to discuss our first quarter results. Moving to slide four, our operating and financial results for the year are off to a good start, driven by a strong first full quarter of commercial production at Leon, our newest gold mine. Five years ago, we looked at the gold mining sector and we could see the industry was underinvesting in exploration which ultimately would lead to lower mine supply. At the same time, global demand for gold was on the rise, and we thought that was positive for gold prices longer term. As a result, we took the view that our stakeholders would benefit from the diversification of Taranga beyond a single asset in a single jurisdiction. So at the bottom of the cycle, we acquired Griffin Minerals, and with it, Weyong and Golden Hill for $50 million. Around the same time, we entered into two important joint ventures in Cote d'Ivoire, establishing a strong organic growth pipeline. Our first move was to increase Weyong's reserve base, which we did by about 50%. Construction of the new mine commenced in early 2018 and was completed in the third quarter of 2019, ahead of schedule and under budget. We also began exploring Golden Hill, an early stage exploration project, but one which our exploration group believed had great potential. Following less than two years of drilling, we issued an initial resource estimate for Golden Hill last February. We've continued to drill this very prospective land package and will continue to do so. With each set of results, we become more confident in the potential of this project to be our third mine. In 2019, working closely with Barrick, we're able to agree on terms to acquire the Maswa project, one of the highest grade, undeveloped open pit gold projects in Africa. And this transaction closed in March. This unique acquisition is transformational. 
Once combined with our flagship Sabdala mine, it will provide significant synergies and create a top-tier, high-grade gold complex. The timing of our acquisition of Maswa, together with achieving commercial production at Wyoming, could not be better. The gold price is sitting at a seven-year high, and it's got good momentum. However, what makes this gold bull market different from others we've seen in the past is COVID-19. COVID has single-handedly shut down the global economy, leading to the sharpest economic contraction in history. As a result, central banks and governments across the globe have launched the largest ever fiscal and monetary stimulus programs. What is also different about this gold market is the fact that input costs have not risen in lockstep with gold prices, something that has occurred in previous cycles. Most of the previous cycles have been largely predicated on a weakening of the U.S. dollar, whereas today gold prices are rising in unison with the U.S. dollar. As a result, Taranga, and in fact most gold producers, should expect to see margin expansion leading to higher earnings and cash flow. Just as the market's perception of gold as a store of value increases, Taranga is transforming into a low-cost, mid-tier gold producer with a very attractive organic growth pipeline. Much in life is about timing, and we believe that we are well-positioned to benefit from our strategic acquisition and the rising gold price to significantly increase earnings and cash flow as we move forward. And now I'll turn over to Paul to provide a review of operations, the integration of MASWA, and our expiration highlights. Paul? Thank you, Richard. <clears throat> so let's move to slide six for our update on COVID-19. In preparation, we began to build up inventory in early January once we realized supply chains would be disrupted. Soon after, we began to heighten protocols and procedures to protect our employees and surrounding communities. In March, both sites went into isolation and then full lockdown shortly thereafter. Thanks to the site teams, both Sabadella and Wanyan have continued to operate. There were two positive cases at Wanyan and they immediately went into quarantine and quickly recovered. We currently have no cases at either of our two sites. Gold shipments were a challenge in late March as we dealt with the sudden restrictions on commercial air travel and the immediate shutdown of a majority of, a majority of the European gold refineries. While more than 20,000 ounces of gold bullion inventory remain unsold at quarter end, COVID-related shipping delays have since been addressed. Our gold bullion is being shipped and sold on a regular basis, albeit at higher costs. Restrictions are gradually lifting in certain parts of the world, however. Ongoing challenges remain. Workforce fatigue is number one, as people stay at site well beyond their regular rotations. And we are looking at all alternatives to keep our inventories as high as possible. Turning to slide seven. The year is off to a good start with consolidated production of just over 91,000 ounces of gold. I would like to highlight two points about this quarter's production. As expected, the first quarter will be Wanyon's best production quarter of the year due to higher throughput rates, positive reconciliation with the geological models, and higher grade areas 
from the PIT sequencing schedule. Second, as we guided, Q1 was the softest quarter of the year for Sabadella, primarily due to lower head grade as a result of PIT sequencing. Looking ahead, barring any unforeseen issues related to the pandemic, we are on track to meet our original production guidance for 2020. As a reminder, our guidance does not currently include production from Massawa's high-grade deposits, which are expected to be integrated with Savadella in Q3. Looking at slide 8, Savadella produced 40,000 ounces of gold in the quarter. Total tons mined was comparable to the prior year period, while ore tons mined were 146% higher as mining activities concentrated on low strip ratio pits, Galuma West and Mackie Medina. Mined ore grade was down 34% year over year due to the lower grade profiles of these deposits, whereas last year we were nearly complete with the higher grade Karakunda pit. At the processing plant, ore milled was slightly lower in the first quarter due to harder processing material and a major repair to one of the primary crushers, which reduced production for about five weeks. Going to slide nine. While total mining, processing, and G&A costs were similar to the prior year, unit costs increased because of marginally lower volumes. Total processing costs improved, benefiting from our continuous improvement initiatives and market factors such as lower fuel prices and favorable currency movements. This resulted in lower unit processing costs compared to the same period last year. Per ounce sold metrics at Savadala were higher, primarily due to lower head grade and more than 8,000 ounces of unsold gold bullion that remained in inventory at quarter end. Turning to slide 10. Following the closing of the Maswa transaction on March 4th, it's been full steam ahead with respect to its integration with Savadala. The pre-feasibility study for the combined complex is well underway. Lycopodium, who we used for the development of Wanyan, has been engaged as the engineering lead. Two critical path items are currently underway. The construction of a haul road to the Sophia deposit and upgrades to the back end of the process plant. In parallel, we are moving forward with the mill modifications required to process the additional high-grade ore. First priority is upgrading the plant, such as carbon regeneration, electro-winning, and the elution circuit, followed by a gravity circuit and water treatment to process the high-grade oxide from the central and north zones into next year. Further, four drill rigs are now on the property, with a fifth rig on its way to expand the resource base in support of the definitive feasibility study expected to be completed later next year. Mining and processing of the free milling ore from Sophia is expected to commence in the third quarter. So turning to slide 11. Wanyan performed better than the mine plan during its first full commission quarter and continues to perform well. For the quarter, Wanyan produced more than 51,000 ounces of gold with higher than expected throughput rates and positive reconciliation to the reserves. The mill throughput was approximately 25% better than the design capacity. However, this was with a 3 to 1 oxide to fresh blend. Throughput has exceeded the design capacity since achieving commercial production in November. As a result, we are currently reevaluated the throughput rate for the remainder of 2020 and updating the mine plan accordingly. Now to slide 12. 
Wanyan's per-ounce sold metrics were favorable to their respective full-year guidance ranges as total mining, processing, and G&A costs were either lower or in line with plan, combined with higher throughput and recovery rates. Total mining costs benefited from opportunistic material movement within the pit limits for the TSF lift construction and better-than-expected equipment operating efficiencies due to beneficial ground conditions during the dry season. A new fleet of mine equipment was scheduled for delivery in March and April. However, due to delays, we have extended some of the contract mining until the end of the second quarter. This is expected to result in a modest increase in unit mining costs. Moving now to slide 13. Our exploration budget for 2020 increased by $10 million to a range of $30 to $35 million with the addition of Massawa. At Golden Hill, we completed a 27,000-meter drilling campaign in mid-February. Work continued through to the end of March. We have since put the drill plan on hold due to the COVID curfew and plan to restart once things normalize. In the meantime, with all these assays in hand, we plan to release the drill results in June and then followed by a resource estimation with a technical report in Q3. Our resource replacement fuel programs at Wanyan will commence once we have sufficient camp space as we have temporarily donated our exploration camp to local health authorities to use as a COVID treatment center. In Senegal, drilling activities commenced at the Maswa property late in the first quarter. We currently have four drill rigs operating at the Sophia deposit focused on infill resource definition, expansion along strike and at depth, and RC grade control drilling in advance of mining operations. Resource expansion and metallurgical drilling will also commence at the Maswa Central Zone deposit in the second quarter. Lastly, in Côte d'Ivoire, we initiated an extensive trenching and RC drilling program at AFEMA, which is off to a positive start. The objective of this campaign is to outline a substantial resource base of oxide materials within the AFEMA shear, while also exploring for oxide and non-refractory mineralization at two other targets of interest, Nyam and Lisa and Wulu Trenching programs have commenced at two of the three MIM-Invest properties, Gitri and Dianra, with drilling planned later this year. And now over to Navin to review the financials for the first quarter. Thanks, Paul. Before I discuss the current quarter, I would point out that the comparative first quarter in 2019 was a record production quarter and also on a cost per ounce basis for Sabadella as we drew down on high-grade stockpiles to help fund an accelerated development schedule for Wenyon. As such, cost per ounce metrics in this prior year period were exceptional. Now with that in mind, and as we look at the current quarter, it was still a solid one. The strong operating results, as discussed by Paul, led to higher gross profit. However, similar to the previous reporting period, results would have been even stronger had it not been for the unfavorable impact of delayed gold sales. 23,600 ounces of gold bullion remained in inventory at quarter end from disruptions to global travel networks in the latter half of March related to COVID-19. All of the gold bullion that remained in inventory at quarter end has since been sold. In addition to higher gross profit, earnings benefited Earnings benefited from non-cash gains on changes in fair values of share warrant liabilities, 
gold offtake payment liabilities, call rights, and contingent consideration. We've also updated 2020 guidance to reflect incremental costs stemming from the pandemic in the areas of personnel, camp, and transportation costs, which is estimated to be in the range of two to four million. Turning to slide 15, revenue increased by 46% for a quarterly record of 134 million due to higher average realized gold prices and a 23% increase in total ounces sold. With respect to our gold hedges, we settled 25,500 ounces of gold forward sales contracts during the quarter. We have hedges of 25,500 ounces outstanding, which we expect to settle between May and July at an average price of 1326 per ounce. Moving to slide 16, consolidated cost per ounce gold, uh, sold metrics were higher for the quarter due to the lower grades process of Sabadala as well as the unsold gold. As was mentioned earlier, the first quarter in 2019 was a record production and cost per ounce quarter for Sabadala. At 10.97 per ounce, all in sustaining costs per ounce sold were also negatively impacted by our higher non-cash share-based compensation as a result of an increase in Taranga share price. Turning to slide 17, we recognize an increase in net profit for the quarter of 13 cents per share compared to a loss in the prior period. The increase was mainly due to higher gross profit driven by Wanyan, lower income tax expense, and non-cash gains from changes in fair value to financial instruments, partially offset by higher expense finance costs related to Wanyan's debt facility. The non-cash gains from changes in fair value of financial instruments included share warrants and gold offtake payments related to the financing of Wanyan, as well as the gold offtake payments, contingent consideration, and call rights related to the financing of the Maswa acquisition. The non-cash gains from changes in fair value of financial instruments are marked to market each quarter and with gains and losses recorded in consolidated earnings each period and are excluded in the adjusted figure. Adjusted net profit was six cents per share, up from two cents per share in the comparative period, driven by higher gross profit and lower income tax expense due to lower current period taxable profit in Senegal from fewer ounces sold. The prior year comparative period also included a tax settlement in Senegal. This was partially offset by higher expense finance costs related to Wenyon's debt facility, as well as exploration and sustainability expenses. Moving to slide 18, EBITDA increased by 70% for the quarter due to a great quarter at Wenyon. Removing the impact of non-cash gains, adjusted EBITDA improved by 36%. Moving to slide 19, operating cash flows before changes in working capital increased by 9% for the quarter. Operating cash flows after changes in working capital decreased by $49 million, despite an increase in gross profit, which was more than offset by three factors a negative swing of $18 million related to year-over-year changes in stockpile inventory, $10 million for supplies related to COVID-19, and a negative swing of $26 million related to advances to a customer in Q1 of last year during Wagnon's construction, and which was repaid this year. Had we been able to ship the unsold bullion inventory prior to quarter end, cash flow would have increased by approximately $38 million using a period and gold spot price of $16.09 per ounce. As I mentioned, this gold has since been sold. 
Lastly, let's look at liquidity on slide 20. As of March 31st, we had cash and cash equivalents of 40 million compared to 30 million at year end. We were able to shore up our cash balance with 54 million in net proceeds from the acquisition related equity offering and private placement. During the quarter, we drew down 225 million of the acquisition facility to finance part of the upfront consideration for Matswa and repaid 15 million drawn down from the repurposed Golden Hill tranche of the Taurus facility, as well as a portion of the CAT equipment facility. We have 20.5 million undrawn under the Golden Hill tranche. Similar to the last couple of quarters, we completed an advanced sale of 5,000 ounces in feature production in, the, in, in April. For the balance of 2020, fixed debt repayments are 30 million and will be settled with cash flow from operations. With massive production and higher goal prices, we will likely see cash sweeps in excess of fixed debt repayments later this year. This concludes the financial review. Back to you, Richard. Well, thank you, Navin. Uh, operator, with that, we'll open up to questions and answers. Thank you. In order to ask a question, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. To withdraw your question, please press the pound or hash key. Operator, while we're waiting for people to queue, I have uh, one question that came in online. It's from Howard Flinker. Uh, Howard asks, Aside from executing on your organic growth pipeline, is Taranga also seeking acquisitions or JVs among the very cheap assets in the industry? Uh, Howard, thank you for that. Uh, at this point in time, our plate is full. Um, when you look at our company, the integration of Sabadala, the tech report Paul was talking about, Wayall, getting started with the drill programs and everything that we've got at Golden Hill and Cote d'Ivoire, our plate is full. Though we would always look to further um, take advantage of our asset base if there were opportunities that were contiguous with any of our assets, would certainly be open to that. But at this point in time, our plate is full and we are focused on organic execution. All right, operator, we're ready to take questions. Thank you. Our first question over the phone comes from Carrie McCrary from Canaccord. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning, everyone. Um, just on the guidance you mentioned, you know, way on being the, the highest, strongest quarter of the year and Subdell being the lowest quarter of the year, I'm just wondering if you can give us some guidance on maybe on the grade profile that we can expect going into Q2 and maybe into the back half of the year at both of the operations? Um, <clears throat> well, right now, um, we, we have the COVID restrictions. So we're about maybe 20% lower on, on total mined material movement uh, until this uh, gets lifted. Um, as time goes on further and further, we'll be able to reduce that impact uh, because we're just going to be able to start changing out our workforce. But at the moment, it's about 20%. Um, since we follow um, a low-grade stockpile and high-grade mining, the mining rate actually affects the grade overall. The original plan showed quite a bit higher grades for Q2 at Savadella, and we always had the highest grade uh, in Q1 at Wanyang with some modest reductions in Q2. Um, 
because we've had to have reduced mining rates, we probably will go a little lower than what we had originally planned. And then lastly, going into Q3 and Q4, we haven't been able to issue our guidance on integrating Massawa, so there'll be a substantial increase. So that's a little bit of a cryptic response. Sorry about that. Um, but we will expect higher grades at Sabadella than Q1, slightly lower grades at Wanyan, and then we will in integrate Massawa in Q3 and Q4. Okay, and in terms of why on, you know, the plant continues to perform well, should we expect that level of throughput through the rest of the year? We will absolutely see an increase from the original plan. Um, that's about 25%. That's with a 3 to 1 oxide to a fresh blend. The other thing is the fresh is a little softer, so we want to be a little cautious. Uh, no question, though, will be, will be higher than what we had originally planned and clearly higher than in the technical report. Um, I think we've outlined somewhere a reasonable number is maybe 15% for now, and then as we go forward into the rainy season and we start to see a little of the, of the harder of the fresh, uh, we expect that 25% to go back a little. No question, though, the plan is operating far better than expectations. And you mentioned you're reviewing the mine plan there. Is that a longer-term sort of life of mine plan that you're going to come out with, or is it more shorter-term, 2020? Uh, well, it's both. It's both. Um, clearly, the LOM that we have in the technical report understates what the plant is capable of doing, uh, and then we'll match the mine plan material movement to match the optimum waste movement to, to match the head grade that is as a result. Uh, and that's what we meant by adjusting the mine plan, and that's what we're doing right now. Uh, potentially, we could go out with, redu uh, with, a, with a, re a change in guidance for the rest of the year, but there's no question the plant is running higher right now through to the remainder of the LOM. I'm sorry, Carrie. Just to add further to that, the other thing is, is uh, we had expected to start drilling at Wanyan to be able to increase reserves due to the higher plant throughput. That has been uh, put on hold just just moderately, just for the very short term, just due to COVID. We've we've given away our expiration camp uh, as a as a COVID treatment center locally. So we can expect a new life of mine plan next year, or is there timing around that? I don't know when we'll actually issue it public, um, how material it actually will increase. We want to be a little bit cautious uh, as to what the actual increase in plant throughput is as we go through the rainy season. Likely maybe by the end of the year we might think about doing that. Okay, maybe just one last question for me and I'll pass it on. But just, Richard, you mentioned, you know, obviously lower input costs, oil prices, FX rates. Can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing? You know, are you are you starting are you starting to see lower input costs here? And maybe is there any way to quantify what you what you think you could achieve this year on that front? Kerry, I'll turn that over to Nav, and he's done some work on that to respond yeah. to that question. Yeah. Hi, Kerry. Um, yeah. So um, you know, with the lower fuel, our, our key inputs are obviously uh, uh, fuel prices. Uh, we self-generate our own power, and also for diesel. And then the second one would be uh, FX. Uh, we're pegged to the euro uh, with the West African CFA franc. Um, so on the, the easy on the euro side of things, um, we've seen uh, our budget rate is 110. Um, we're seeing about 108. So it's a very it's a small impact right now uh, for us. Uh, where we see a larger impact is on fuel, uh, particularly in Senegal for the moment, is, uh, you know, with the lower market fuel prices, uh, we are seeing uh, prices starting to come down. Now, as we've um, mentioned before, prices in Senegal are typically on a six to eight week lag uh, before we start seeing the prices locally. Uh, but certainly, we would start to expect to see uh, price 
decreases relative to our budget rates in the neighborhood of around 30% going forward. Um, over at Wenyon, it's uh, in Burkina Faso, it's a longer period for um, market prices to take effect, and that's even if they do. And we're looking at about a four to six month lag in terms of seeing prices decrease there. So we haven't seen um, prices change for fuel in Burkina Faso yet, um, and it may be a number of months before we see that. But certainly in Senegal, uh, we, we're starting to see the, uh, the lower market fuel prices. And Evan, so for Sabadala, based on the new price chart that we got on the 5th of May, mm -hmm. if that continues through the balance of the year, it would save us roughly about $10 million. Around $10 million, yes. And then currency is 3 to $4 million just based on if currency stayed where it was. Correct. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks, Kerry. Our next question comes from Wayne Lamb from RBC. Please go ahead. Hey, thanks, guys. Um, just following up on one, Jan, uh, just wondering if the recent fleet deliveries account for any budgeted higher mine rates, and uh, can you just give us an idea of the impact on costs and using contractors? Well, I'll let Navin answer the sweep question, and I'll talk about the contractor question. Fleet, fleet. Oh, I thought you said the sweep as in the... No. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know what? Basically, what's happened is because the plant's producing more, we've had to move more material, and that's being made up with contractors. In terms of overall operating costs, it's not a significant increase. I would estimate 15 to 20% on a unit cost basis. Okay, thanks. And, and kind of as you guys um, look down through the year, look out through the year, um, would there be any additional planned uh, fleet purchases just given, um, you know, where the mill is performing and trying to phase out the, the contractor fleet? Yeah, the contractor fleet was actually due to be removed um, pretty much the end of the quarter, a little bit into April. We've extended that through to the end of Q2 because the plant is still producing, yet we're in reduced production capability in the mine. Um, if this continues forward and the plant um, continues at, say, 25% above, we may need to extend that a little further, uh, or if the impact of COVID is, uh, continues, we may need to extend that a little further. But we've already uh, received delivery of that equipment, excavator and a number of uh, ADT trucks, articulated dump trucks, um, and then we need to continue on with our training of our work crew. So it's a bit of a balance. The, um, if we were in a normal situation, we would be removing the contractors within a month or two. That might carry a little bit into Q3, but it's going to be uh, not a significant part of our material movement. Okay, thanks. And then uh, just wondering at Sabadala, um, just wanted to know as resources and personnel are being <clears throat> uh, starting to be allocated to uh, the development of Masawa, uh, what can we anticipate in terms of the impact to mining rates at uh, Sabadala proper through the year? Yeah, we, we can typically move around 10 million tons a quarter um, under normal circumstances. Um, we're probably impacted in the range, and I say probably because it's difficult to, to understand exactly the impact, but I would say about 20% per quarter as this continues. So Q2 material movement would probably be impacted by about 20%. Um, the bigger issue is the fatigue management. We have a day shift on and we have, um, we have a reduced hour workage. That impacts us about 20, but as we start to rotate, that'll come off a little bit. 
Um, and then Q3 and Q4, we should be back to the near to, say, 9 to 10 million a quarter. Uh, if COVID continues to increase into Q3, that'll be reduced accordingly. I don't think it'll be 20% for the rest of the year, though, by, by any means. Uh, we have, uh, we're in the middle of building the road, and we have pulled a shovel off for a couple of weeks. That's, that's um, it's, it's not an enormous magnitude, and it's very short term for, for the, the uh, mobile equipment being used for, um, for the access to, to, uh, to Sophia. Okay, thanks. And then just the last one, um, you had talked a little bit about uh, the impact of grades in relation to the mine rates at Sabdala. Uh, given the, you know, budgeted, call it 20% impact in Q2, um, should we see, uh, you know, what kind of impact of grades would we uh, potentially see? Well, we will, we do expect to see an increase in production in Q2 from Q1. I can't numerically tell you exactly how much it's going to be because it's really difficult to uh, to come up with, with exactly what the grade is, and, and then we don't provide guidance on a quarterly basis. The grade will increase in Q2. Uh, how much more? It's difficult to, to put a number on it. Um, Richard, did you want to provide? I mean, it's difficult to come up with a number here. Yeah, I mean, look, the 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 budget was for 60,000 ounces for Q2, and that was you know based on moving the nine to 10 million tons for the quarter, as Paul mentioned, and that was getting access. Again, we've been doing just with pit sequencing, getting into the higher grade Luma West material has been delayed, and and with the lower material movement. Some of that high grade will be delayed into Q3 from Galuma West, and you know, with with Sophia moving ahead of schedule, maybe a little bit quicker ahead of schedule than we had originally anticipated. The number is going to be somewhere between 40 and 60,000 ounces, and uh, you know, I think we'll probably provide more guidance as we get through the quarter because at this point, and what Paul is and isn't saying is that the number one priority is safety of our our operating personnel and we've got to make sure that we address fatigue. We do now have plans in place to start bringing in larger groups of reinforcements, but that probably won't begin until the second half of June or July. Um, so we've got to be very careful with our team at both sites as we move through this quarter. Okay, got it. I appreciate the detail. That's all for me. Thank you. Our next question comes from Don DeMarco from National Bank Financial. Please go ahead. Well, hi. Good morning, everyone. Um, so, Richard, uh, I'm hearing about these delays in shipping the gold bullion. I'm actually hearing about this from other companies in Africa. Can you provide some details on, on the nature of the delays, whether you expect them to continue or, or whether you have contingency if they do? Hi, John. It's, uh, it's Navin here. Um, so uh, I'll talk about two, the two countries separately because there's, there's different circumstances for each. But I'll, I'll start off by saying that, look, at the second half of March, um, as we saw commercial airlines um, decrease, and we ship our, our, all of our gold from country to Europe, um, as we saw those commercial flights um, uh, stop, essentially, uh, we were forced to look to alternatives to uh, get our gold out. And unfortunately, um, as we've mentioned, we weren't able to get all of the gold shipped prior to the quarter end as we normally do. Um, however, all that gold has that was out of it, or sorry, in inventory at the end of the quarter it has been sold. And what's happened since then is, is the following. So in Burkina Faso, there's a number of different gold mining companies there. So we were able to all come together using our logistics uh, security company to um, basically put all of our gold on um, 
on, on, the, on charter flights that would leave about every two weeks or so. Um, so, um, and, and, and you know, we have security in place to be to make sure that there's there the goal is secure uh, during this period of time. Um, so, uh, you know, so we're getting our gold out in Burkina Faso via these charter flights uh, with our other gold uh, mining company partners. Um, in Senegal, uh, we um, uh, we're the only, only there's only two gold mining companies there, so we partnered up with another gold mining company that again um, we're sharing. Um, the cost of those charter flights to get a, getting out of Senegal. Um, and then the other thing I'll mention is that at the beginning of, um, sorry, at the end of March or at the beginning of April, uh, a number of gold, gold refineries in, Swiss, uh, in Europe and Switzerland uh, had actually um, uh, shut down because they were on the border with uh, Italy in Ticino. And uh, that impacted one of our, um, we used one of those refineries and we ultimately had to re-divert uh, that shipment to another refinery uh, elsewhere. Um, so, getting back to your, your main question as to whether or not we think that this is going to continue, we will see um, um, a bit more of a staggered approach to shipments uh, going forward. Um, and uh, but we think that refining capacity is available. They continue to take gold, um, so we don't think there's going to be any issues on the refinery side of things. Uh, but certainly uh, a bit more expensive because we're using charter flights, um, and uh, a bit more of a staggered shipping schedule. So it will impact working capital, but yep. we are able to sell all the gold. That's right. Okay. Super. Thank you for that. And um, looking at your, your outlook, I see that there's maybe 10 to 15 million of CapEx at each mine for reset, village resettlement. Um, could you share some details as to the, the timing of that CapEx, how, how we should model that through 2020? I, I would say pretty much even. Um, where that comes from, over at um, at Wanyon, that's uh, R3, which is actually virtually done. The, uh, the village is actually in the middle of the relocation as we speak. Then there's another village relocation uh, that will, uh, the actual movement will happen towards the end of the year for construction throughout the year. Uh, and then we're going to be getting started on one for a pit that we'll be uh, mining in 2021. So I'd say even over at Wanyon. And then at uh, Sabadella, again, uh, we'll be, we had been a bit delayed over at, um, due to the COVID in terms of construction starting. Uh, but in, from Q2 through to the end, I would say break it down evenly per quarter would be a reasonable estimate. Okay. Thank you. That's all for me. Thanks, Don. As a reminder, in order to ask a question, it's star one on your telephone keypad. Our next question comes from John Tomasos from John Tomasos Very Independent Research. Please go ahead. Congratulations, Rich and the team, on all the progress. Three um, conceptual questions, um, if I may. First, what are your targets for paying down the liability structure over the balance of this year and next year? Second, would an equity offering be part of that strategy. Third, is the dividend, say, in 2022 or 2023, a reasonable goal, or with Endeavor Mining, as a, for example, as a peer that doesn't pay a dividend, do you think dividends simply aren't necessary at your stage of development? John, as always, uh, three terrific questions. So we'll start off with the debt reduction. So as, as Navin mentioned, um, our debt repayments for the balance of the year, we paid roughly, well, how much have we paid so far year to date? Oh, yeah. 30, 
Yeah. 30 so million so far. We've got another 30 of fixed repayments. Yeah. And with the higher gold prices and with the integration of MASWA, we could start to see sweeps in the second half of the year. And then as we move into next year, John, um, with a full year of operations of an integrated MASWA Sabadala, there will be likely significant sweep payments over and above the fixed repayment schedule. So by the end of 2021, um, you know, we're currently in a net debt situation. Um, that, that will change dramatically at these gold prices over the next 12 to 18 months. That's number one. Number two, in terms of equity, we, we, we do not see any reason for equity to be part of that, given the strong cash flows we're going to see from our operations as we begin integration of MASWA, which, as Paul mentioned, will begin in Q3. Your third point in terms of dividends, in terms of um, we, we're required by our board every year to put together a dividend plan. We will be doing it for the AGM again this year on our long-range plan. And it will be up to the board to decide whether, you know, how to use that capital. Um, but we will be looking at that. And given the fact that at these gold prices, we will be net cash, certainly, if not by the end of next year, early 22, um, and uh, have two very strong operations with not a lot of capital in front of us other than development of Golden Hill at that point, uh, we certainly should be in a position to implement a dividend program uh, if that's where the board chooses to go with the capital allocation. Thank you, Rich. If I could just follow up, there's three or four other items on your balance sheet that aren't debt but aren't far from debt. Uh, maybe they're about a third of the liability structure, uh, with two-thirds of it being what you call borrowings. Uh, how much do you expect those other things to pay down over the course of this year and next year? So, John, what you're referring to is the offtake agreements that we've got, as well as um, the liabilities related to uh, the, the warrants, and we would hope to address that along with the debt repayments over the next uh, 18 to 24 months. Super. That up. Thank you and congratulations. Thanks, John. Our next question comes from Carrie McCrary from Canaccord. Please go ahead. I just wanted to follow up question on Golden Hill. You know, you're preparing the PEA, I guess, for Q3. Any guidance you can give on just what sort of plant throughput size you're looking at there? Yeah, we would be looking at something similar to what we have at Wanyan with um, um, a two-stage sag and ball, uh, depending on the hardness. So probably in the two to two and a half million ton range, depending on oxide and fresh. And therefore, should the capital be sort of similar, given the same size, roughly? Yeah, roughly similar. Uh, we have the flow sheet worked out. Um, it'll be reasonably close. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks, Carrie. This concludes the Q&A portion of our call, and I would like to turn it back to Richard Young for closing remarks. Well, thank you, operator, and thank you, everyone, for joining us today. I just want to leave you with one important message. 
we've achieved a lot in the last couple of years, but really we're just getting started. Slide 21 outlines the many upcoming goals and key catalysts for this year. Similar to other companies, continue to manage our business through this pandemic will remain a key challenge. We're consistently planning for evolving scenarios while supporting our workforce, host governments, and local communities the best we can. With a successful execution, we expect to reposition ourselves into a low-cost mid-tier gold producer by year-end. This concludes our review. Operator, you may now close the line. Thank you. Thank you. This does conclude our conference call for today. Please disconnect your lines and have a great day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.